Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 says this, Then God said, Let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant, and trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And that's what happened. The land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants and trees with seed-bearing fruit. Their seeds produced plants and trees of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. This is the word of the Lord. It's really simple, right? The kind of plant the seed comes from is the kind of plant the seed produces. So it's really interesting then that Peter says that God's words are seeds. What kind of plant does God's words come from? Comes from God. So when God's words are planted in us, what kind of creature is then created? Peter says that we have become participators or participants in the divine nature. That's getting out there in the stratosphere of mind stretching. Participants in the divine nature. He says... That through God's great and precious promises, we've received everything we need for life and godliness. Well, that's interesting. Just add water. No, and soil. It's like, on their own, God's promises do nothing. They have to find the right soil. They have to find the right conditions. But in the right conditions... The words spoken by God create the very nature of the God from whom they came. This really simple passage from Genesis 1, as it's referring to various parts of God's creation. Have you ever, have you ever thought about, like, where did Jesus get this idea and where did Jesus get that idea? Do you ever backtrack to the Old Testament and say, hey, I think this is where Jesus got that idea? Like I remember one day I'm reading in Genesis and it says that humans were created in God's image and likeness and then they were given dominion over all the creatures. And then it specifies even we were given authority over even the creatures that crawl and creep along the ground. And I went, wait a minute, that verse is where Jesus got what he said to his disciples when he turned to his disciples and said, I give you all authority over all the power of the evil one. And, and snor- snakes and scorpions. And I go, wait a minute. Jesus got that from Genesis. You remember the story in Mark chapter 4 where Jesus says that the kingdom of God is like a man who goes out scattering seed. And then, then Jesus describes how there are four different kinds of responses to the seed based on the kind of soils Where do you think he got this idea that the kingdom is like seed and that the seed is the word of God? I think he got it right from here in Genesis 1. It says that the the seed is in the fruit. 
The plants are going to produce fruit and the fruit is going to have seeds and that the seeds are going to be able to reproduce that kind of plant after their own kind. Now, if, if by receiving a seed, a truth, a precious truth from God, if by receiving a precious truth from God and letting it grow in our hearts until it becomes what it's intended to become, if that has transforming ability, if that's what the kingdom of God is like, might there be other seeds from other kingdoms that also could grow in us? Might there be seeds from our lives that have been planted, that we've allowed to be cultivated, that have given birth to to a whole set of things in us that isn't what God intended? It's just really interesting uh, we've said here in here a lot in the past that what we give our attention to grows bigger in our understanding. All right, let me just... I'm going to say a few things about seeds real quick. Seeds are small, duh, but they contain the plan and potential of a great structure within their nature. A word from God, a promise from God, a truth about God might feel small, but when given its place in our heart, can absolutely grow into some huge thing. Did you know we're called to be rooted and grounded in love? And that might seem like such a basic thing. That might seem like such a small thing. But to the person who's allowed the, the, the Father's love given in Jesus to become, to, to grow, to, to be nurtured, to take its shape and to flower into the thing it's meant to be, to that person... God's love's no longer some, oh, that's a little, oh, that's nice. That's, a, that's one of those little Bible verses. No, rooted and grounded in love, a love relationship with God who exists, not a set of rules and regulations of a God who's absent, but a love relationship with a God who's here. We're meant to be rooted in experientially, experientially received love as the foundation of our faith. That's That's fantastic. That's absolutely fantastic. Your prayer life and my prayer life is meant the dominant feel, the dominant, the dominant climate, the dominant atmosphere when you come into the place of prayer is it's supposed to be love here. Rooted and grounded. That is foundation in love and, and settled in an atmosphere of love. What might that simple one seed do to a life? If John says there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, what might that one seed do fully grown in us? Might seem like a small thing, but it grows into a huge reality. That's the first thought. Seeds in their tiny little nature contain great structures. Second thing, seeds often grow into something that doesn't look at all like the seed. An oak tree doesn't look like an acorn, right? Sometimes, by simply receiving what Jesus is saying, you get all these unintended outcomes that are healthy that you didn't know. And sometimes by receiving something that's not from Jesus, you get all sorts of unintended consequences that are destructive that you didn't expect. Um, Here's a verse I've been thinking about a lot lately from Colossians chapter 1. 
Uh, let me just read it to you. It's, it's easier to read it. For we've, heard of, for we've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. Let me say it again, because it's a sneaky verse. We've heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all God's people, which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. Is it intuitive to think that if you have hope in God, a confident expectation, a future-oriented confidence in God for your future is good and bright, is it intuitive to you that that's going to create trust in Jesus and love for people in you? Seems like a strange topic change, doesn't it? But Paul's sure that if that little seed of hope gets planted, and how does hope get planted in you? Well, faith, actually. Faith will produce, faith in this gospel truth will, will produce an expectation to see it in your, in your life. And that expectation orients you so differently toward Jesus. If you expect bad things in the world to be your lot in life, do you trust Jesus? If you expect God's blessing to flow on you and heaven forever too, it affects something about this. And if you know your life is seldom in a good place, if you have actual hope, not hope so, but hope, if it's settled for you, if you, if you are living your life in a feeling of it's good and life's going well, it does something towards your relationship to others, doesn't it? Yeah. Faith in Jesus and love for people grow out of this other seed. That's interesting. That what grows up does not necessarily look like the seed itself. Unintended connections and consequences are involved. Third little point. First one was seeds are small, but they contain this huge potential. Second point was seeds grow into something that doesn't look like the seed itself. And my point there is just this. You don't know. I don't know if I just let one little precious truth really give it space in my heart and my understanding, how that's going to grow up and safeguard me in 150 different ways that I didn't even anticipate. Third point, the seeds are in the fruit. Well, that's, oh, that's just really interesting. Seeds are in the fruit. It's like the delivery system itself is intended to give us a clue as to whether or not this is poison or not. Do you know what I mean? Like even wheat, I was thinking about, you know, even some of these, these, I don't look at wheat and go, oh, fruit. We still want to eat that. We want to grind it up and, and turn it into bread. There's just a lot on that. Seeds in the fruit could be its own meditation for a long time. It's a genius delivery system. It's like, it reminds me of the whole thing of like, chickens are never going to be extinct because they're tasty. You know what I'm talking about? It's a great survival strategy. Well, for the species. <laughs> you know, pigs are tasty. You're never going to run, there's always going to be pigs. 
Seeds are capable, fourth point, seeds are capable of dormancy until favorable conditions emerge. There is, there, there is the capacity of things that, that, that God has spoken. They're, they're waiting on us. We're not, um, how do I put it the right way? It's a brilliant little piece of technology. That when the soil is ready, the seed responds. It puts a lot of responsibility on us to cultivate the conditions of our heart. But there are some times that the conditions are bigger than the conditions of our heart. Sometimes there are seasonal things in play. But let's talk about that. The, the favorable conditions that the seed is waiting for involve climate, soil, water, possibly protection against different threats, pests, diseases, molds, those kinds of things. But mostly climate, soil, and water. Another point, seeds have no will of their own and they need help achieving and maintaining these conditions. In other words, they need a farmer. They need a gardener. Or to use Jesus' phrase, uh, be careful with the kind of ear that you hear. It's one way he puts it. So he's constantly saying at the end of his little words, let him who has Ears, what does he mean? We all have ears, what is he talking about? Is he talking about ears or is he talking about something else? What does he mean when he says, let him who has ears, let him hear? Our ability to really receive what we've heard. Anyone else want to expand on that? Brian says he has three boys that claim that they have heard what he has said, but they are not always capable of telling him back what, in fact, he has said. There's Bunny with the uh, underlining on the sentence. So when Jesus says, let him who has ears, let him hear, what's he saying? He's saying, he's saying something about heart, not ears. Have you ever had someone tell you something and you didn't have ears to hear it? Come on, be honest. Of course. (laughs) So Garth, you're saying when the state mandates you to be in that psychology class, you don't have as much ears to hear necessarily as when you are making great sacrifices... I always thought it was weird when parents would pay for kids to go to extremely expensive colleges and they had an undeclared major and they switched it three times. And I'm like, I sat in the room going, and you're here? 
Why are you here? You don't even want to be here, and it's costing someone so much money. They're like, it ain't me. It ain't costing me money. Not ears to hear. Not ears. But there's something so important. So Jesus is identifying the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. But the soils in Mark 4, if you want to go back and study it, are the various kinds of hearts. And of course, every time we talk about Mark 4 in America, so many hands go up when we talk about being the seed that was choked out by weeds, the busyness and the cares and anxieties of this life. That's like standard. Everyone says, oh, that's the one for me. That's, that's mine. But there's actually, that, that, that's really perceptive. You know, some seed is scattered on rocky soil. It can't take root. Some seed takes root quickly, but then it withers under the hot sun. Some seed is on the path and the birds come and eat it. But some seed finds good soil and it multiplies. Oh, I'm sorry, and then there's the one with chokes, weeds choke out. So I guess there's five soils, aren't there? Whatever, Melissa, you know. You know better than me. But my point is just this. What, what kind of unintended, beautiful consequences will happen if, if just those, those things that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, you'll give them more than like a journal entry? Do you know what I'm talking about? In a church like ours where people hear God and hear God readily and easily, I think it's, it's a deep danger to take what God is saying to us for granted and not really let it take hold and deepen our grasp of Jesus. There's a danger um, of, of being like, yep, that's what God said. And and the most important place for you to hear what God is saying is not when, Dale was wonderful, but that's not the most important place for you to hear what God is saying to you. The most important place for you to hear what God is saying to you is your own heart speaking to you in a broader sense. And it's extremely critical for us to drill down and, and shut out. I know, I'm, the reason, there's a reason I'm bringing in the worries and cares of this life, and desire for material wealth. It's not just the things we want that are distractions. It's the things we don't want. It's the things we're afraid will happen that choke out the word. Not just the things we hope will happen. But there's this, there's, like any good farmer knows you've got to till the soil. Actually, I should just hand the microphone over to Butch and say, tell us how to make seed work. You have to till the soil. You have to fertilize. You have to plant it at the right depth in the right season. You have to protect its water. Not enough water, bad. Too much water, bad. My goodness, you got to spray. <laughs> Apparently, you got to spray if you don't care about whether or not you get to sell it at certain farmers markets with a little organic sticker. Because bugs will come at it. And bugs, which other cultures eat as food, to us are the enemy of our food. And you've, we've all seen these pictures, these stories of somebody who, 
I don't know how they're doing it. It's not genetic modification, but they're like, hey, look at my, this is the world's biggest cucumber or whatever. This is the world's biggest, you said pumpkin. You know, it's like some pumpkin is as big as a Volkswagen and you're like, what's your secret? And he's like, pig manure, you know. And it's not like, it's not normal. How did that happen? It doesn't happen by accident, does it? It doesn't... So in the spirit, in the spirit, oh boy, I'm not going to do like little list. What's the pig manure in the spirit? We're not doing that. We just did, but we're still not doing that. We're xing that out of the notes. I've said that the seed has within it something, the capacity for something much larger than the tiny seed. It has in it the very nature of the thing from which it comes, which in our case. God's promises to us, God's truths to us, God's words to us actually build the nature of Jesus in us. They really, like they do. But we have a part to play. Now that I've said we have a part to play, there's another truth, and that is we don't make the seed grow. We can only manage the conditions of our heart. We can't make life out of nothing. That's God's miracle. So you find Paul saying of his own work as an apostle, as a spiritual dad, he says, you know, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And so what are we? Well, we're just servants. So who should get the credit for what God has done in your lives? Jesus should get the credit, says Paul, because only God can take these promises and actually make spiritual growth happen in you. You can set conditions in the soil but you aren't the one making yourself grow. But what you can do, what I can do, is make conditions where God's word doesn't have power in my life. Now, well, that's not popular because God's word never returns to him void. Yeah, that verse is talking about when God declares a thing sovereignly from heaven that he intends to do. That's not talking about God's potential words that he's giving you, hoping that you'll ingest them. There, I've undermined something that some people are like, what? Seeds aren't mechanical, right? If they were bricks, we could work harder and build faster and and more impressive structures quickly. But that's not how seeds work. That dude who made the super big pumpkin, there are still limits as to how fast and how big that thing's going to go. He might have shown us the upper limits of what's possible with, <laughs> with, with pumpkins. You know. And we like pumpkins here in southern Delaware, don't we? We like to, <laughs> we like to chunk them. But seeds aren't mechanical. You can't simply apply more human diligence and create more organic life. It doesn't, it, doesn't, there's a, it doesn't work that way. They're not really under our control. In fact, if you manhandle them too much, you can damage them. If you get, if you get down on there and you start pulling on the tomato to try to get it, come here, grow faster. You're just, you're just going to hurt the plant. And some plants, they respond... <laughs> They respond to talking a little bit more than they respond to touch, if, that, if you can hear what I'm saying to you. Dude, they've done real studies on this. Plants like music and talking. 
I'm not making this up right now. The plants left alone don't grow as well as plants that get talked to. I'm sorry, guys. That's just weird. How are you doing, little rhododendron? I'll call you Rhoda. Aren't you pretty? I wonder if you talk mean to them, they grow too. Shape up, idiot. You know, I don't know. What, do they? Will, they? will they wither? I don't know. But sometimes, another, what I'm trying to say is, God's the one who makes the seed grow. God's the one who makes us grow in Jesus. We can put our hearts in a receptive position, but we can't honestly make ourselves be transformed into his likeness. That's divine stuff. There's mysterious things going on in in the spiritual life. We can make ourselves available. We can pull the weeds that might choke out the distractions, the worries, the anxieties, the aspirations that might not be right, that might not be... We can do a lot to prepare our heart. We can make sure there's there's plenty of water, there's plenty of worship, there's plenty of of healthy relationship around us. We can, there's a lot we can do to cultivate our heart. But at the end of the day, this is still the mysterious thing called God's grace at work in us. We are not our own creation. If it were, we could just build ourselves bigger like bricks. But sometimes our problem is too much touchy. Give yourself... Some time. There are natural cycles. A few years ago, I, I know I've told this in here before, but I learned something about dormant seasons when I attempted to transplant a little baby tree into a pot, and I thought, I'll take him inside. He'll grow all winter long. Look at the advantage he'll have. You're welcome, buddy. Then I went online and read that that'll work for three years and then it'll die because the plant, that one, that particular plant, needs a dormant season to recover from the stress of the growing season. And that's when I said, okay, I'm over here sometimes judging me. What's wrong with me? Well, Keep your hands off of it and keep it out in the cold. Sometimes we're meant to walk through some hard things where it looks like nothing's happening. But if we stay rooted in Jesus, springtime will come. And then we realize, oh, nothing. You ever done troubleshooting on troubles that aren't real? You come up with solutions that hurt. (laughs) I'm the only one with my hand up? You guys, okay, finally. (laughs) fixing problems that God doesn't agree are problems (laughs) okay so if I have a question it's what has God been saying to you recently and I don't mean for you to say it out loud right now I mean for you to be aware of it is there an underlying theme Something the Holy Spirit keeps persistently bringing back to your attention. Is your heart aware of what God wants you to rest in, believe, receive, make space for, and allow to grow big? Give your attention to persistently and repeatedly. Because that's what this is about. Like, 
What we give our attention to grows bigger in our understanding until it finally grows big enough that it becomes a part of what we can't hide about ourselves. The stuff we can't hide about ourselves, that's called fruit. Fruit is not what I produce through my diligence. Fruit is what I can't hide about myself. And it's what I give my attention to persistently that grows big in my understanding. And what grows big in my understanding becomes the mental landscape from which I live. I'm just repeating myself. And when that mental landscape is big enough, I can't hide it from you. And that's called fruit. So is there some reality, some truth, some thing the Father's been trying to whisper to you, wanting you to come into alignment with and actually write it down, actually come back to it and pray it repeatedly and remember it repeatedly and say, for this season, this is what I'm putting, this is the word that I'm going to water. This is the word I'm going to pull the weeds from around it. This is the word for, the, for now. I already tipped my hand for mine. If you could, if, if, if you have one, even if it's faint, even if you're like, I think maybe, could you get your phone out and send yourself a message or make a note? Sometimes I literally text myself. Yeah, find your own phone number in your phone and text it to yourself. And then it instantly gives you a notification as though it's an unread message. (laughs) You click on it and you're like, oh, it's me. My friend Saji always used to say, I am reading one verse. And that one verse I am doing. And until I am doing that one verse, I am reading... No more verses. I said, Saji, you probably don't read much Bible. (laughs) That's cynical. His focus was not information, but relational faithfulness. I want to know him. I want to walk with him. Amazing unintended consequences. Let me unpack a verse I mentioned earlier. Paul said, The faith in Jesus and the love for the saints comes from your hope for what's stored up for you in heaven. Do you know what you call that hope of what's stored up for you in heaven? Theologically, that's called eschatology. Eschatology? Are you trying to tell me, Tim, that if you get your eschatology right, you're going to trust Jesus a whole lot and be a loving person? Yeah, if by eschatology right, I mean your eschatology rightly rooted in your understanding. Because how you live now has everything to do with what you believe about the future. Oh, you got it. All right. So, um, Amber called me and texted me last night and asked me if I could transition prayer. So, immediately... um, when I got done talking to her, the Lord told me to do something. So I'm just going to be obedient to what the Lord told me to do. 
And if whoever's on prayer team, they can come up line up front here. But um, I want every person in this building to come up front here. Okay. So I'm just going to declare some things over you guys, and then um, and then after that, um, I just want everybody to break up into threes and, and pray for each other. So I'm just going to declare the things the Lord told me to do, and and we'll go from there. So. Dear Lord, I just declare over over this family, God. I just I declare um, a new encounter. Every I pray that every person would have a fresh encounter with you, Father. I pray that I pray that Holy Spirit would just have a face to face encounter with every person that's uh, standing in this building, Father, right now together, Father. I pray I pray, Lord, for for um, people that that need healing, restoration. Um, physically, financially, emotionally, spiritually, God, I pray that you would just, that you would just bring that, Father God, I pray that you would bring that over this congregation, Father God, I pray that you would just, um, uh, I pray for every business, Father, that, that, that's in this building, Father, that's, that, that you would just pour out your blessings upon it, God, I pray that you would just, just let your Holy Spirit just reign over your people, God, I, I just declare your, your freedom and your touch, God, I pray that, that did, did, did you just uh, bring a fresh wind and a fresh fire? And I pray that you would let every single one of us encounter a new presence with you, Father. I pray that you would just you would just rain down from heaven, God, with your blessings, Father God, over every single person in here, Father. And I just declare the joy and the peace and the hope and the freedom of God over over every single family in here, God. I pray, I pray that no more torment from the enemy, God. I just declare there's freedom and hope and joy over every single family, God. And I just thank you for these families, God, right now in in this building, Father. And I just I just declare that you would just touch them. I pray that you would wake up the dreams that's inside of their hearts, God. I pray that, Lord, whatever the dreams are, big dreams, small dreams, I just I just declare that you would wake those dreams up, Father, right now in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that you would open up ears, people's ears to hear your voice clearer, Father. I pray that you would open up our eyes to see you more clearer, Father God. And I just, I just thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. And I just, and I just bless every single person in this congregation, Lord. And I just thank you for, for who they are and what they do and, and, and how you love them, Father, because you love us, love us a whole lot, God. And I just ask you to pour your blessings upon them. In Jesus' name, we pray. Now, I just want you to get with, with three people, just three people together and just and just pray and um and you just pray whatever you want to pray until you're done and and everybody's released so